This episode of Spawned is brought to you by KnowYourOTCs.org. Did you know that one in five parents believe that using a spoon is okay to measure medicine? Well, it's not. With cold and flu season here, remember to follow the dosing directions and use the measuring device that comes with the medicine. Be precise with the right device. Learn more at KnowYourOTCs.org. Hello and welcome to Spawned, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Kristen Chase. I'm Liz Gumbiner and we are the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. And on today's episode of Spawned, we are talking to a fantastic sleep training expert about the five things new parents get wrong about sleep training not so we can shame you, so that we can fix them and have more happier parents. <laughs> I love it. And as always, we will close out our show with our cool picks of the week. Liz, I have to be honest, I'm a little afraid of my score here. I think I might be zero out of five, but thank goodness <laughs> I have older kids now, so it doesn't even matter. But let's talk about our guest, Tamiko Kelly. She is the Austin-based founder of Sleep Well, Wake Happy, and the creator of the Feel Like Yourself Again Baby Sleep Solution. That sounds Sounds amazing. They need a mama sleep solution, but I actually think that's all intertwined. We'll see. But yeah, she's a board certified sleep consultant and holistic health practitioner. She spent over 50,000 hours sleep training babies. I want to hear about that because that's a lot of hours. <laughs> she's even been an educator for programs like Happiest Baby on the Block and the International Maternity and Parenting Institute. So she's got some serious background. Yeah. And you might have already seen some of her sleep advice on sites like care.com, mom.me, Yahoo Finance, and she She's actually been on the stage with one of our friends of the show, Dr. Harvey Karp of The Happiest Baby on the Block, and Dr. Jen Mann of VH1 Couples Therapy. And I love her goal, which is to help tired parents go from frazzled to fantastic. And we hope that this is going to be a really helpful conversation. So welcome, Tamiko. Thank you for joining us. Hello, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, we're so glad you're here. Like, of course, I could have used you, you know, about like eight or nine years ago, but we got a lot of listeners that are like probably in the thick of it right now and could use it this second or at least to like reassure themselves that they did something right way back when. Yes. (laughs) So how did you get into sleep training? Because when I see that you've done 50,000 hours of this, I got to be honest, that sounds like my idea of hell. (laughs) So what like what is it about this that appealed to you? Like how did you know this is something you were amazing at and this is what you were going to dedicate your life to? Oh my gosh. So my story is pretty funny because I'm actually not a mom yet. And so I've been doing this as a single girl for over 10 years now. I actually stumbled into this through being a nanny who just did date nights. So I was the one putting the kiddos to sleep. It was super simple for me. But when the parents came home, they would look at me like they had seen a ghost and they'd be like, oh my God, where are my children? And I'm just like... What do you mean? They've been sleeping since 7.30. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. And they'd be like, holy moly, girl, how did you do that? And so it literally began as a thing that came easy to me, super organic. I taught one mom. And this is back in the day when we had Yahoo group. She put a post in the Yahoo group. And literally overnight, I had a business seat training babies. That's, That's amazing. Oh my and then you just started training and getting all these certifications and learning baby sign language and CPR and all the stuff that you do. Yes. 
Wow. So it sounds like maybe you are detached enough from the baby, not that you don't love every baby you work with, but you know, that you're not a parent that maybe you can make more rational decisions instead of emotional ones. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I mean, definitely for sure on that. And also because I've worked with so many kids, I've literally seen it all. So like when parents come to me and be like, oh, I have a special snowflake. I was like, okay, yes, she is special. (laughs) However, comma, this situation (laughs) that you are in is not. So (laughs) let's get you some solutions here. Well, that's got to make parents feel better, too. What's interesting, and I'm sure you've probably seen this, is like the first child always has these really ridiculous, far-fetched, but not really, sleep issues. And then as we add kids, I have four kids. My youngest is eight now. My oldest is 14. And of course, she was the toughest sleeper, and now I can never wake her up. So it's kind of funny how that happens. But it's nice to... (laughs) hear other parents have the same issues, right? Because I think we think we're an island and we're like, we're the only one who's rocking our baby to sleep all night long. It it turns out, no, you're not. Right. No, I can verify very, (laughs) very succinctly and clearly you are not the only one rocking your baby to sleep at night. (laughs) (laughs) So let me ask you from a philosophy standpoint, because I know that you do work with Happiest Baby and we've had Harvey Karp on our show before. He's awesome. We've known him for ages and you've shared a stage with him and everything. So are you kind of aligned with him and your methods and philosophy about sleep training? Are you on the same page or do you do things a little differently? I'm definitely a fan of Harvey, just like you guys. I definitely love Happiest Baby in the Block. It's worked wonders for many of my clients. I think the biggest difference between what I teach and what Harvey teaches is that I really focus on your little one's personality because in all of my years of doing this, I have determined that that is the secret sauce, the magic voodoo. (laughs) It is the key that unlocks a good night's sleep. And so that is what I teach on the inside of my program. (gasps) That's really brilliant because we're all different. I mean, I think about how as adults, we all have different sleep patterns and we're all different people. So it would make sense, you know, that if you have a more active child or if you have a child that's clingier, like it would make a difference when you sleep train them, which can I just ask, like, are we still using sleep training? Because I kind of like shiver a little. I don't know about you, Liz. When I hear sleep training, I get a little uncomfortable, to be honest with you. Like I think Ferber right away. And is that something that you're kind of trying to change the way people think about it? Do you use a different term? I I would just love to hear your thoughts on the idea of sleep training. You know, the name is still the name. So we can try to decorate it and we can put, you know, lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. So it's sleep training. (laughs) A very cute baby pig, but you know. Exactly. I mean, it's sleep training. Like that's, that's what it is. But I think now in the age that we are in, we have different choices. A lot of parents equate sleep training with cry it out. Mm-hmm. And we can thank our homie, Dr. Holt, who back in the 1800s wrote this book. And he's actually like the person who started the whole cry it ah. out. So because of that, it's literally been ingrained in our minds for generations that that's how you sleep train children. And so when we hear sleep training, our mind automatically goes to that, which is the mm-hmm. reason why most parents refuse to do it because they don't want to to be associated with that. And so we're shifting that and I'm saying, hey, what we're doing is giving your child a life skill that's going to serve them for years to come. I can't tell you how many times I have clients call me when they have a five-year-old and being like, oh my God, Tamika, I'm so glad I hired you because my son is the only one who sleeps all night in his bed at five years old. Yeah, Mm. I think you bring up a really good point. And it's funny, I don't know why this has never crossed my mind before, but it's like sleep training has a branding problem. Yes. Because when we say toilet training or potty training, 
training. Nobody's like, oh, that's torture. <laughs> but when right, we talk right. about sleep training, for some reason, everybody thinks it's like some horrible, you know, cruel parenting trick. We have to train our kids to do lots of things like say thank you and please and cut their own food and use the bathroom and go to sleep. So I like that you're talking about it as a skill as opposed to some awful, cruel parenting thing that some selfish parents subject their children to because they want a better night's sleep. But you even talk about how important it is for parents to have kids get a better night's sleep. Like, I love that, that it's kind of parent-centered and not just about the baby. Yeah, I think it's important because especially we as women, we're taught from a very young age to do everything for everybody else and put our needs on the back burner with no expiration date and you just keep doing it and doing it and you just martyr yourself until you die. And that's just like what we're taught. So when it comes to sleep, that definitely shows up a lot. And I've seen it a lot in just the work that I do that moms feel guilty because they're not there for their baby in the middle of the night and they feel like this is what they signed up for. And I have to always remind them, hey, nobody's giving out Girl Scout badges for the most exhausted mom. Oh, Amen. I love that. Amen. That's so good. That's so true. There are no prizes. Although actually, if they had one, I would have worn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they made one. Actually, somebody might have made one and I, I probably would have worn it. But um, <laughs> the whole martyr mom thing like needs to go away. You know, we have to do what's right for ourselves and for our babies. And I love that you're helping people with that. So why do you think sleep training is such a stressful part of being a new parent compared with like all the other stuff that we're also trying to learn and figure out at the same time? I think it's because nobody talks about it. I mean, let's be real. Like when you are a pregnant mom, you go to every class except for sleep. Nobody even talks about it. They just kind of give you this horrible story about how their first child didn't sleep until they were five years old. And they just kind of look at you and they just tell you, oh, sweetie, get ready for lots of sleepless nights, but you'll love it because your baby will be so, so cute. And they just give you like all these, you know, little sad things. You're like, it won't be that bad. And then the baby comes and you're just like, okay, this just got real. And so you don't have (laughs) any knowledge of what to do. So you do things like rock your baby all night, walk the halls at three o'clock in the morning, bounce on the yoga ball, drive around the block 35 times because you literally do not know what else to do. And I think it's stressful because people just don't have the tools to be successful. That's why I'm so passionate about helping moms when they are pregnant in pregnancy, you know, giving them the knowledge to know, hey, this is what you can do from day one to give your baby the skills to learn to sleep longer stretches. Now, we're not starving newborns, right? Like, we all know babies have to wake up in the middle of the night to eat. Uh-huh. But at the end of the day, that does not have to continue until they're 13 years old. Like, it's okay for you to say, <laughs> hey, go to sleep now and stay asleep all night long. Oh, I love it. I wish I had you. <laughs> I, I do. I do. I'm, like, thinking about all the things that I did wrong. And, and we're about to get to that because you have the five big mistakes that you see parents make and you're going to enlighten our listeners and us. And I know Liz and I both had some interesting things that we did to try to get our children to sleep. And I'm already seeing some (laughs) of them. So let's talk about these mistakes. All right. So the first one you have is flying by the seat of your pants. So talk about how you know that you're making this mistake and maybe what we can do. Yeah. So, you know, if you're the kind of mom who is always asking yourself, 
my child has not slept in three days. I know she has to be tired. Why won't she go to sleep? Holy moly. Then you're definitely flying by the seat of your pants. If you're a person who's like, oh, I don't want to be rigid. I want my baby to just go with the flow and be able to kind of move with everything and just be a free spirit. And she can wake up when she wants and sleep when she wants, but then you can't ever sleep. Then you're definitely making this mistake. And I see it happen to moms all the time. And it's because you have zero structure to your day. Mm-hmm. Like your baby kind of sleeps in when she wants to sleep in, wakes up when she wants to wake up, naps when she wants to nap, which in theory sounds okay. But when you're a mom who wants to pee in peace, you can't do that <laughs> yeah, if you yeah. have a baby who literally wants to eat all the time, right? Yeah. And so having that structure to your day is the easiest way to prevent this mistake or stop it dead in its tracks. Okay. I think that's great because yeah. I know I had trouble with structure. I thought I was going to be like the cool, like... Fly by the seat of my pants, mom. Like, that was a good thing. Like, I don't need structure. I'll just notice when my baby is giving me cues and needs to take naps. And, like, (laughs) that was the biggest fail ever. Terrible fail. Don't do that, new parents who are listening. I mean, (laughs) what I find so fascinating and and what I love about your approach is it sounds to me very mom-centered. And there's not a lot of that out there. It's like the structure actually helps you, moms. It helps you be able to get stuff done. It helps you be able to get some sleep because you are an important part of your baby's life. If you're not well, if you're not rested, you can't do your job. And so I love that idea of like, yes, it's good for the baby, but like moms, it's for you too. Like that whole fly by the seat of your pants, like you're exhausted. It's exhausting to be that way. I used to laugh when I had like, you know, new mom friends and we all had babies around the same age and they'd be like, sorry, I can't do lunch at that time. That's her nap time. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Just like move the nap time. (laughs) Well, a few months of that. And I was like, oh God. We need to schedule a nap. Yeah, now we now we know why people are so rigid about their nap times. Okay, so what about this the spaghetti method? Oh my What's gosh. that? Okay, the spaghetti method mistake. The spaghetti method is when you read fifty books, talk to seventy <laughs> people, post the APB in fifteen Facebook groups, asking everybody how do I get my baby to sleep? Then you take it all, throw it in a big ball, throw it against the wall, try everything, and just cross your fingers and pray something will work. Then you get mad and you get frustrated and you're just like, oh my God, I tried it all and my baby still won't sleep. And I'm just like, girl, are you surprised? Like, do you even have any idea what you're doing over there? Because your baby's probably looking at you like, mama, what's happening right now? So it's a recipe for disaster for a couple of things. Number one, it doesn't give you you as the mom a clear path right. to chart your success. You have no measurement to know when you've been successful when you're doing the spaghetti method. And yeah. then number two, your baby doesn't have the time to adjust to what you're doing for you to even see if it's working because literally every other day you're trying something new. That makes sense. That's great parenting advice for everything. Like Indeed. I think about Indeed. picky eaters or potty training and I've seen parents in like three or four different kinds of groups asking the same advice everywhere. And I'm like, what, you didn't like the first 46 answers you got in the first group? <laughs> so that's actually a really good point. Like you need to pick something and stick with it long enough to know it works. It's like classic A-B testing, right? You can't do 40 things at once. Yeah, sometimes the best method is the method that you can stick with, right? And be consistent with. I mean, that doesn't work for everything, but a lot of times right. the consistency. All right, so you talk about like all the books and then you also talk about asking your friends. And I find this interesting because we pay parented our kids not it was before Facebook I had 
Liz, what did you use? I had baby center boards. What boards were you on? Were you on Urban Baby for this or something oh, else? Oh, uh, yeah. I was on, like, the crazy list. I was on <laughs> Urban Baby, which was the total, like, anonymous, psycho, New York City mom board. Really <laughs> oh, fun. fun and really insane. And really <laughs> insane. And so, Tamiko, your point about not asking your friends goes back to your whole idea of this being centered around your baby's personality. Is that right? That is correct. Okay. So, when you are asking your friend one tab over, Hey, how did you get your baby to sleep? You literally have no idea what kind of personality her baby has. So what she did for Sam and what you're going to do for your sweet angel, and we'll call her Rebecca, if they have two completely different personalities, what worked for Sam, I can guarantee you, is not going to work for Rebecca. Because they're, they're literally two different people. I'll call and ask my girlfriends, hey, who's your hair person? Who's your esthetician? Who's your masseuse? But when it comes to something as intimate as your children and sleep training, you really are better served working with a professional, aka me, to get your baby to sleep just because I have seen so much and I have worked with so many families that mm-hmm. when you hit a road bump, I know exactly how to help you get through that. Your friend, she may want the best for you. She may wish you the best, but she's literally over there dealing with her own toddler tirade. She cannot <laughs> be on speed right. out for you at two o'clock in the morning to help. You and she this. really only knows about her kid, too. Like right. she knows about her own yeah. kid. And unless her advice is call Tamiko Kelly and set up some <laughs> sleep training. Yeah, definitely. exactly. Because that would exactly. be good advice for her. Right. All right. So consistency. I mean, this is not a surprise. And I think we've all probably made this mistake at one point with everything, not just sleep training, right, Liz? (laughs) Pretty much everything in parenting. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Being consistent. So if you've said, I love this, I've tried to put my baby in the crib, but she cries all night. It's just easier for me to put her in bed, you know, with us. That was me. Number one mistake was your number four right there. Yeah. I mean, it just, after a while, I was just like, fine, fine. And I would like bring her to bed, nurse her to sleep, and that was it. And then cut to like a year and a half later, and I'm like, oh god, we're co not sleeping. We used to say co not sleeping. Exactly. Not there's like no sleep going on over here. Like like it's just like like we're coing, but there's no sleeping yeah, there's going no on sleep. over there's here. There's never. There never is. So consistency is key. Pick something and try it. Exactly. And right now you're more than likely being consistently inconsistent. And so what I uh. want to challenge you to be is to be consistent so that you can get results because the long you give your baby options, as long as you give her the option to co-sleep with you, as long as you give her the option to breastfeed all night, as long as you give her the option to be worn around the halls at three o'clock in the morning, she's always going to pick that. She's never going to pick her crib. And so we have to all agree to stop giving our babies options if you're serious about getting a good night's sleep. Right. And I I like that you make that point because there are a lot of people who choose to do all kinds of things with their baby's sleep. But really, this comes down to the baby getting sleep, but also you getting sleep because that's important. And I like how you kind of added that tag on the end because people will make, you know, it's their child. They can make decisions as to if it's a co-sleeper or a crib or their bed, but you want to get sleep too. This is how it's going to happen because most of the time you're not sleeping. And I really like that you said you're not giving the baby a choice. <laughs> like right. that makes sense. Like you're a parent. You make the choice. Right. That, you're right. It's kind of like we're giving the baby the choice how to grow up. Would you like to wear a diaper today? <laughs> what do you think about that? Would you like to do that? Would you like to learn the alphabet or not so much? <laughs> well, and I think, ladies, what this really boils down to is if you are a mom who has multiple children, it's not fair to your other 
children if you're spending literally every waking moment with the baby and they literally only see you as you twirl by them and like you're running to get the baby every day and you never get to hang out with them. Mm -hmm. You know, it can cause resentment in some kids towards the baby. And so I encourage my clients to understand that once you get this baby to sleep and they're down for the night, your other kids are still going to be up. So you can actually help them with homework. You guys can have a mommy and daughter or mom and son date night. I mean, you can do other things when the baby is down for the night because you'll have the energy to do so because you won't be exhausted. You can actually binge watch something. (laughs) And let let me just ask you before we get to number five, I'm curious where you think dads fit into this because I know we've talked about moms a whole lot. How much are you involving dads in the process when you're working with a family? So I know when a dad calls me, it's a 911 situation because most (laughs) men are just just like, whatever my wife says is totally fine. So do you work with both of them or do you, is there a primary person who needs to do like the sleep situation or can like mom and dad or mom and mom or dad and dad, like can they both kind of tag team? Because I know in my situation, it was my girl's father who Mm -hmm. had the biggest issue. He was just the biggest pushover. He would run and get the kid out of the crib at like the first whimper. And so he would have needed you a lot more. I was like, I was stoic. I was like dead, steely, (laughs) ready to go. I'm like, I need to sleep because I was nursing too. He would have needed your help more. So do you ever find that? Or is it usually like the moms are kind of guiding the process? No, I do. Sometimes the dads are, you know, the ones who are just like, I don't want to sleep train. And that's what I have to tell the mom. Hey, girl, listen. So what he's saying is great in theory, however, comma, you are the one getting up three times a night. He is over there sleeping like a log. The baby hollers. He didn't even hear what's going on. So in all honesty, he has an opinion, but it's your decision because you are the one who is suffering all day with three kids and a baby who won't sleep. And then I have it the other way where I have the husband calling and saying, hey, my wife doesn't want to, but she's literally about to lose her mind. So we Mm. have to sleep train. And then that's when we, you know, inside of our program, actually have a whole module on this about getting your partner on board and telling them how they can best support you during sleep training. So of course, dad can help if he wants or mom can ride solo. But I think it's important that both parties are on the same page because like the worst that you could do is sleep train for three days and then have your husband come behind you and totally mess up everything they're like you've done. Like that would be horrible. That makes sense. I think that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You need this. You need support. And again, if you're a single parent, that's a whole different story. Of but course. if you have a partner, then you need their support. Okay. Last one is the HRB. HRB and them all night long, which is hold <laughs> rock bounce. And actually my teenager, I was driving her to school the other day and I started singing her all the songs that I used to sing her when I used to bounce her. And they had a lot of expletives in them because she wouldn't sleep. Oh my God. So you rewrote the this lyrics. Like, go the, go the up to sleep, little baby. Go, go the up to sleep. sleep. I, mean, I think every mom can relate to the HRB because we've all had to do it. You know, my whole thing is this. Don't do anything at two o'clock in the morning that you're not willing to repeat for the next three years of your life. Oh God. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> that that's is good. Really good. That's because good. if you stick to that, then you will hold yourself accountable and you will stop yourself from doing something that's going to be a disaster later on in life. Ugh, that's like your New York Times, Liz. You're like, don't. She tells her kids, don't say or do anything or take a photo that you don't want, you know, putting it on the internet that you don't want on the cover of the New York Times. Oh, it's the yeah. same idea. 
Don't do anything at three in the morning. Think of the future, children. Think of the future. (laughs) So it's the same thing, parents. Think of the future. If at 2 a.m. you're like, oh, fine, I'll just nurse her like one more time and take her into bed, then you're right. You're going to get stuck doing it even longer. This is great. I can see, like, you must be a real, like, tough love sleep train consultant. I could see you being, like, super supportive, (laughs) but also, like, sit down because I'm going to tell you how it is. Yes, (laughs) that is definitely my mantra. I love you. I love your baby. However, comma, you hired me to do a job and the job is getting done with you or without you. So like I've, I've, had, <laughs> I've had parents say, okay, well, we're going to leave for three days and we'll be back. So, you know. <laughs> Well, you know. I, it sounds like you helped so many families yes. and I know how valuable, like worth its weight in gold to have somebody who can really help your baby and you sleep through the night for as long as humanly possible. Because I agree. I like, I hated that whole like, oh, you're going to have a baby coming. You'll never sleep again. Like that's awful. That's and awful. I, I, I like the idea that you give people encouragement that yes, they will sleep again and it will all work out. So listen, Tamika, tell our listeners where they can find you, your website, if they want to get more information. Yes. So you can find me at sleepwellwakehappy.com. I actually have a great workshop um, that you can find at sleepwellwakehappy.com slash workshop where I give you three tips to teach your baby to sleep without feeding them all night long. So if you are stuck with an open all-night buffet and you're ready to close (laughs) that puppy down, girl, this workshop is for you. Oh, (laughs) I'm sure that there are people out there that would love that. I would have loved that. I was totally an open all-night buffet for my older kids. With my last kid, I don't know if this is common, Tamiko, but with my last kid, she slept through the night. She took a bottle. She was the best sleeper of all my kids because by the time I was down to my fourth kid, I had it. <laughs> You're like, I don't care. I had it down. I had it down. Well, I usually tell moms the third kid is going to be the easiest one because you've already been put through the ringer by the first two. So by the third one, God, he gives you a little bit of reprieve. It says, okay, here goes <laughs> baby. Merry Christmas. Well, bless Kristen who kept going after two because I was like, I'm done. That's it. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to just keep going. <laughs> So listen, you're going to stick around for uh, Cool Picks of the Week and share yours with us? Yeah, I'm super excited about it. Awesome. Well, we'll be back with that right after this. So Liz, it is cold and flu season, if you hadn't noticed that. Oh my gosh, yes. I've had like three consecutive weeks. First, it was Sage. Then it was Thalia. Then it was John. I am the only person, and now I'm going to jinx it, but I I am still walking and talking and not... No, I'm knocking on wood for you. ...expelling fluids from all my orifices. There. (laughs) I'm doing pretty well so far, but the kids have had it. Yeah. Same here. The same cold seems to be passed around my family of four. So... We're happy to be working with knowyourotcs.org. They're a trusted online resource of the Consumer Healthcare Products Association Educational Foundation, and they are trying to help remind parents and teach them the proper way to administer over-the-counter liquid medicines, because this is Here, a thing. how about I'll quiz you, Kristen? Okay, I'm ready. I'm going to close my eyes. Should you be measuring over-the-counter liquid medicines using a thimble? <laughs> I'm going to go with with no. No! <laughs> Should you be using a colander? Well, I'm, not, I'm no chef, but I think that would be really hard to do because colanders have holes. It would not work. <laughs> no, it would be terrible. Should you be using a shot glass? 
Um, no, not for your OTC medicines, but maybe for something else if your kids are sick. <laughs> for you, not for them. Should you be using a spoon? No, that's a big one. That's a big no-no. No. Parents get that one wrong, and I think that's why they're putting out this public service campaign, because 8 out of 10 parents report they've given the wrong dose of liquid medicine to their children, which actually, that's kind of scary. They've done it by accident, but the way you can avoid accidents is by following the instructions on the packaging and using the dosing container that comes with all children's OTC liquid medications. And yeah, I mean, we get it. Like, if I have a headache, I'll take something for that and not even really think about how serious it is. So sometimes we forget that the medicines we're giving to our kids and ourselves are serious medications and we yeah, need to they have little bodies yes and we have to carefully give them the right dosage so if you're going to give your children over-the-counter liquid medicines look at the dosing directions on the label and use the dosing or measuring device that comes with the medicine don't use a thimble don't use a colander. Don't use a shot Definitely glass. Definitely don't use a shot glass. That's no, none of those <laughs> don't things. Don't use a spoon. Right, exactly. And make sure that you don't give two medicines at the same time and always speak to your doctor, pharmacist, or other healthcare provider if you have any questions. You can get more information. They did a huge study with some fascinating results. Data nerd. I know, data nerd. You can go to knowyourotcs.org to get more information and you'll have the tools that you need to safely use, store, and dispose of, oh, this is important, over-the-counter medicine safely. So head over to knowyourotcs.org. All right. Well, now it's time for... Cool Picks of the Week! Cool Picks of the Week! And Tamiko, you're our guest. You get to go first. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I've been bestowed a great honor. I'm like, where's my crown and my tutu? <laughs> it's in the mail. It's in the mail. All our guests get a crown and a tutu. We didn't tell you? I thought we set that up in the beginning. I oh, love it. So my cool pick of the week is Josie Marin's 100% pure argan oil. I <gasps> literally use this for everything. Ooh. I feel like it's like what my grandma used to use Vaseline for everything. I use argan oil for everything. So I use it for my face underneath my moisturizer. I use it for my nails to keep my manicures lasting forever. I use it for my hair. So I am 100% a fan of Josie's Argan Oil. It's, you know what? I've tried it. Yes. I got a sample in a gift bag once and it was awesome and one of my kids stole it. I'm not sure which one, but uh -oh. the one who has really good skin right now. You know, I've had it too <laughs> and I actually didn't know what to do with it. I don't know if that sounds lame or not, but I got it and I was like, I have I, I have trouble figuring out what to do with oils. Oh, you know, like I just yes. feel like, do I put this on my face, on my body? Like, am I dropping it in a diffuser? Like, <laughs> what am I doing with well, these is oils? Is that that kind of oil, girl? Is that that kind of oil? <laughs> You know, anytime you get an oil, my top tip for, for, you know, for all my oil uses out there, put it underneath your moisturizer, especially in the wintertime ah. when the wind is like sucking every ounce of moisture out of your skin. An oil can help lock that in. So face. Okay. It's good. Like okay. a serum, Preston. Like a serum. Okay. You know who is a big fan? We have a beauty contributor named Ibi Ojukuru, and she like talks about the oils nonstop. And she says the oils. Mm -hmm. She's like, I have to use the oils. The oils. See, I don't even know what and to do with serums. Yeah. So don't She's even don't compare them to that. She's completely schooled me on oils. 
<laughs> I'll send you some posts. That's yes. a great pick, Tamiko. Thank you so much. I love that. Thank you. Okay. So how about you, Kristen? Okay, so my pick is called Kakebo. It is Japanese. Do you does anyone either of you know what Kakebo stands for? No. Is it like Taibo? It no. is not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think what people have heard about? the words Billy Blanks in so long. Thank you just for saying that. Just We're thank bring you. Back. His ears are ringing right now. He's like, right, oh, yeah. someone said my name. Okay. So Kakebo is the Japanese art of mindful spending. And I know oh. that there are lots of people right now who are doing KonMari, hmm. which is the art of cleaning up your crap. <laughs> So but she this says is, it in a really nice way. Like, yes. This is actually <laughs> a budgeting method. So you're tidying your budget? Oh, what? Yes, I am tidying up my budget. <laughs> I, I am. So it's this really great book. It's from Harper Design. And it's just this very... Um, of course, very neat and clean method of um, tracking your budget. And I usually, for the last, I say, year or so, I've used an app and I've been trying to just kind of separate myself a little bit more from my phone. So I really yeah. like this. They have like little spaces for everything and I feel the need to use a nice pen. And I don't know, just writing it out helps me track everything. So I picked it up at Barnes & Noble and I'm so far so good. I mean, it is only like February 6th, so it's only been a week. <laughs> Yeah, but that's like, I've already busted half my resolution. So I think that's pretty good. Right. So anyway, I really like it. I'm like, if you can do something for a week, girl, then that's just the first of many steps to right? success there. I yes. feel like that. I, I, I like feel that. like that. So this is my budget training. I'm not sleep training, but I'm budget training. So anyway, it's called Kakebo, the Japanese art of mindful spending. And it's a little journal that I carry with me and write things in. So anyway, that's mine. Liz, I love that. what about you? Oh, well, my cool pick is Billy Blank. No. That's <laughs> <laughs> a liar. No, actually, I, I'm going to keep with this theme we've got going here about self-care and self-improvement. Right. So, you know, Kristen, I'm not so into like the self-help books and the woo-woo stuff, but... I was flipping through Emily McDowell's Instagram feed like I do every day. Our friend Emily McDowell, who makes all the amazing, hilarious mugs and cards and gifts that we feature pretty much every day on our site. And <laughs> she, around New Year's, was recommending a kind of online course that she took called Training Your Inner Warrior with Robin Rice. And it's at oh. BeWhoYouAre.com. Oh. And she said it is the first thing that's ever worked to help her change her habits and that now she even does push-ups every day, which is something that, you know, she's wanted to do for years. And so I started taking it. It is awesome. I can't believe I'm impressed. Like, how much it's changing me. <laughs> I Do, know. Kristen, how productive have I been over the last couple of weeks? Okay, first of all, you have been so productive. You can totally see a shift in how <laughs> you like approach things and how you get stuff done. I didn't know it was all because of this. That's awesome. Yes. So, oh my God, so that's if you so go to BeWhoYouAre.com, yeah. normally it's like this. I sound like an infomercial. Normally it's $3.99 because <laughs> she does all this life coaching for like big, famous, super, you know, kings of industry and stuff. But she, every so often, she kind of does it for free. It's a 30-day thing. And basically, each day, she reveals a new lesson to you because she really wants you to do just one little short, like, 15-minute thing at a time and stick with it. So if you sign up, I think, like, now-ish, she has a new one starting February 11th at, through, like, mid-March. It'll still be live. And it'll be free. Oh, wow. Which is awesome. Wow. So... 
You can feel free to say you heard about it on Spawned or not. I don't even know if there's a place to do that, but I just love it so much. So it's BeWhoYouWare.com, training your inner warrior with Robin Rice. And she really helps you understand like why you procrastinate or why you self-sabotage or break your resolutions. And she gives you basically a new way of really looking at everything and new tools to get better. And it's like the same way KonMari was the first thing that ever really worked for me to help me get rid of stuff. This yeah. is like the first thing that's ever really, really worked for me to help me rethink my habits and make better ones and not be overwhelmed by well like Tamiko has it right like if you've done it for a week that's great that's awesome and I think we put too much pressure on ourselves to do you know bite off more than we can chew right, with changes exactly. so anyway I love it that's my cool pick of the week as you can tell I love it I know well, that's <laughs> great I mean I've seen you've like been having some nights out with girlfriends and you've been getting stuff done even waking up early to do work like you're a machine so I know I know we'll see how long it I'm lasts telling you. so far so good and she has like a really funny tone like the, her writing oh, is kind of nice. like funny and enjoyable it's not like that seriously probably it's not helps. like go meditate on a you know top of a mountain for a year and you'll <laughs> solve all your problems it's like it's like very accessible oh normal stuff so <laughs> I like it. Actually, not Kristen, meditate on a mountain, girl. Yeah, no. No, we are, we are not meditate on mountain kinds of girls. Tamiko, you should try it. Seriously, it's going to be free in a couple of weeks. That's so awesome. Well, well, well my thing, I feel like if people put all three of our things together, they will have the trifecta. I will have them with beautiful skin, uh-huh. hair, and nails. I have your money in order. Right. You know, they'll have their entire <laughs> money life together, and then you'll have them in the habit of whatever they want to do. So in the habit of tracking their money to receive more money. So like they'll just be ready to rock and roll here. I love this. So not only are we helping our listeners sleep better this week, but we're going to fix your whole life. (laughs) Aren't you glad you all tuned in? (laughs) Well, that's it. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Spawned. And huge thanks as always to our engineer, John Bowen. We love hearing from you. Please, please leave us a review on iTunes and make sure to subscribe. Actually, Liz, I was reading through some of our really lovely and really mean reviews on iTunes recently. (laughs) (laughs) Just tell me one of the lovely ones. (laughs) Uh, Well, there's so many lovely ones. I didn't realize this because I often listen to podcasts on my computer. But on Mm -hmm. your phone while you're listening, you can rate a show really quickly. If you go into your podcast app, it'll ask you to rate the show and there'll be stars. All you have to do is just click five and then you're done. That's it. You know what? I'm looking at that right now. Yeah, it's so easy. Why did I ever think to do that? I did it for all the shows. Are you giving us five stars, Liz? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody needs to. (laughs) And then, hey, you know what? People who don't like it, it just helps other people go, hey, wait, that's for me because I do like that kind of thing. Exactly. So I'll take all the reviews it's yeah all, all the reviews but you can also type right in there so I was working on this over the weekend because I have a lot of podcasts that I listen to and I want to give them some love so while I was listening I just hopped on gave them some five stars and I wrote them a little review so we would love that you would do that and of course subscribe to our podcast so that you never miss an episode and please download our episodes or save them depending on what app you're using because then you know you can listen to us if you happen to be meditating on the top of a mountain like Liz was saying, <laughs> you'll never miss fun. But then. don't do it while you're listening to the no. Inner Warrior Chorus because there's too much, <laughs> too much going on. Anyway, thanks so much for listening to Spawn. This is Liz. And this is Kristen. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.